Welcome to Boiling Point. Australia has many export hits, including iron ore, coal and gold. Another important one that's easily overlooked is high quality education. Over 500,000 students from all over the world currently study in Australia. Medical science is particularly popular. What is it like to train as a doctor in a new country and a different culture without any family around? My guest has just been through that and just graduated as a doctor. She will tell us about the ups and downs of her journey. Listen to the story in just a moment. Welcome back to Boiling Point, the weekly science show on Eastside 89.7 FM. I'm your host Kat and my guest is Dr. Rose Fan. Rose is originally from Vietnam and just recently graduated in medical science at the University of New South Wales. Welcome to the show, Rose. Thank you, Kat. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Rose, how long ago did you move to Australia? So I moved to Australia in 2014 when I was 15 for high school in Melbourne and I moved to Sydney for my university in 2017. And do you remember what that was like, especially at the beginning as a 15 year old girl? That sounds pretty tough moving around the like to the other side of the world to um, go to a high school there. Yep. So I think for me, my parents prepared me really well for this transition. I went to an international school, so the language barrier wasn't a challenge for me. And also I went to an Australian international school, so I was more familiarised with some of the Australian culture. Um, however, it makes sense that there were some other challenges that I did not anticipate. For example, how to navigate new friendships, having um, problems I've never encountered before, and also knowing who to ask for help and what's the best advice there was out there. And since you said you went to an international school, a boarding school in Melbourne, there I, I assume there were lots of other school kids from, um, from all over the world? Yep, so in our international school in Vietnam, I was really privileged because I met with so many people from so many different backgrounds. Like I remember being in a classroom with people from Japan and Korea and India and Malaysia. And I never realized how what an amazing experience it was until I moved to, to Australia to a boarding school. Um, and even when I was in Vietnam, even though it's because it was an international school, I got to travel to other Southeast Asian countries to participate in like sports competitions and mass competitions. So I really appreciate how I got to see and interact with people with, from different backgrounds with different accents. But when I moved to Australia, for me, I felt that there wasn't this, that wasn't the same case because most people like most of them like, grew up and lived in Australia for their entire life. I also felt that because Australia is with itself a continent, um, and sometimes there was an even though it was still a diverse country, um, you sort of have to seek out more of those pockets, um, and, and unless you like challenge yourself to seek those out, it doesn't come as naturally as you as I had the same access to it in Vietnam. How did you find it to make friends among the locals at the school in Melbourne? Yep, so in Melbourne I went to an all-girls school and initially I did have some difficulty because I think I'm always considered myself when I was young as a bit of a tomboy. Um, so I think the idea of moving to Australia was nowhere near as daunting as going to an all-girls school for me. <laughs> so I think that was like the, big, <laughs> the bigger challenge for me. Um, and I think also, be most of the girls that they've been, they've 
most of them had gone to school since they were really young, like kindergarten. So I think naturally it was. It wasn't like they were trying to exclude me, but they would, they had their own groups already, and they knew each other really well. Whereas I was the new one who was still like trying to lay on my own feet. I'm having like attending my a different education, a new country, just navigating a lot of things. So I think it also made that I had like less time, you know, to fully invest in like long term friendships. Um, but I think I gradually I was able to meet with lots of different people and found some really real gems. Um. And I'm still friends with some of them till today. And do you remember um, when you think back of your time in high school? Were there any uh, particular things you found surprising about Australian culture when you heard about it for the first time? Do you have any memories of that? So I think my first memory was Vegemite. <laughs> that was a huge um, shock for me. Um, so I remember from so I was like drinking coffee like in the morning, and then I was like. This coffee tastes really strange. I'm like, what what is in this? And I I turned around and I realized that some of my friends have pranked me and they put some Vegemite into my coffee. <laughs> so then, as if I didn't like Vegemite enough already, so I stayed away from Vegemite for like the first two years I was in Australia. But then one night when I was in U twelve, I was studying late and I really wanted a snack and I was like, maybe I should try Vegemite. Um, and it was the most delicious like. Like with this beautiful toast with butter and Vegemite, and and I love Vegemite ever since. Oh, that is so funny! Um, it feels like maybe your friends try to like um, give you a vaccination, <laughs> you know, like an overdose, just so you <laughs> would yes. be okay with it for the future. But that's a yeah. funny story. Yeah. Um, and then, as you said, you moved on to study um, medicine at uh, in Sydney. And how did you? How come you chose medicine? So I think the typical story of with medicine is like people often have like doctors as parents, and they've always wanted to pursue medicine when they were young. But that wasn't the case for me. I only realized that I wanted to study medicine like halfway through year twelve, while I was thinking about um, different degrees. I would say that I was quite. I, I've always had. Curiosity about different things in life, like law and philosophy and science. Um, but I felt that medicine was the perfect like marriage between science and also like human um, behaviors and also with like ethics, for example. So I felt that it suited me the most and and allowed me to um, like satisfy my curiosity in different fields. Yeah, nice. That sounds pretty good. And um, so the medical degree is pretty long. Is it like six years? Yeah. Yes. So it also depends on which university. So at UNSW, it is a six years undergrad degree. So in Australia, you have different universities that can offer medicine as either an undergrad or a postgrad degree. Um, for for so. So if it's an undergrad, it's usually longer to five to six years. If it's postgrad, so it's three year, three to four years, but depending on what your bachelor was as well. Yeah. Okay. And well, that's a very long time for sure. So, um, and this might be, um, yeah, I'm sure you have lots of stories to tell. But when you think back, so you just finished your degree. Congratulations, by the way. Thank I you. I should have said that earlier. <laughs> um, what was it that you particularly enjoyed about your degree, and what was maybe not so enjoyable? 
So I would say what's been the most enjoyable about my degree was just the amazing and incredible people that I meet like every single day. And that comes, that's both like nurses, that's doctors, that fellow colleagues, that's like professors and teachers. They're just so like dedicated to the field and each of them have found their own little niche to specialize in and just seeing how they light up when they speak about that particular profession that they're interested in. So I think I've always been reminded every day of what a privilege I am today and be able to be a part of such an amazing community. Um, the not so nice things about medicine is that I never realized how long the degree actually is because when you make that decision when you're just 17, 18, you're like, I, I saw medicine through a very, like with rose colored glasses and it, it's like the, the dream that like everyone wants to enter medicine. But I think once you're actually in it, um, you then you get to actually see the reality of it. Um, and I, for example, I really struggled with like exams because I felt like even though my heart was in the right place, I really was studying medicine for the right reasons. I felt that exams were sometimes a lot really rigorous and that's not doesn't always like test in a most fair way. And I think it's again it's difficult to design exams at the same time. So I think um, I think I just I personally just had a difficult time with it. So I had to learn how to overcome my weaknesses to be able to get through the other end. Is there like, can you explain that um, coping mechanism that, that you developed? So how did you manage to deal with those exams better? So when you enter medicine, you like, like for example, in high school, you, you, have, you have a very selected group of very highly successful in academics individuals. Um, so always, you're, always, you're used to being like the top performers in your high school. But then once you arrive at uni, you, you just actually, or well, I realized that I was just actually average now. <laughs> um, it was a difficult feeling to- It's quite to, mean, isn't it? It's quite- I worked so hard just to be average now. Yes, and, but, but when you're, when you're in, in this environment, you, you're just sort of average. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. And, and just because you're average in one environment doesn't mean you're dumb. And that's something I really had to like question myself and I had to build like a new self-identity because I can't no longer be that really smart kid because right now everyone is that really smart kid. Um, so during the first two years, I was not getting the grades that I'm used to anymore when I was in high school. And I'm like, so I had to really just sit down and ask myself, Rose, are you in medicine to get good grades or are you in medicine to be able to pursue a career in medicine and generally make a difference? So I think I was able to build more resilient and find the true purpose of why I'm there and have um, remind me of my why I was there and not just for the grades or exams. And um, in the intro, I mentioned um, that Australia is a place where a lot of international students, including you, studied. So how many other international students did you have in your year? So in my year in total, we had a pretty large cohort, so around 250 students, and approximately 100 of them were international students. Oh wow, that is a really large number. That's more than um, a third, really. Yeah. Um, and what is your, what's your impression overall after this time? Like, would the students um, mix and become friends, like across their, their heritage, where they came from? Or um, do most students like stick to the groups 
um, that, that are from their, their own country. So I would say that the majority of the international students in my uni, in my degree, was from Singapore. So like, there were like a very strong like Singaporean like medical students group where they met up a lot and also like Malaysian like, medical students overseas, for example. Whereas for me, um, I was the only person from Vietnam as an international student in my cohort. So I think that was slightly challenging because while people had this instant group that could belong to, um, I didn't really have that. And I think I had to sort of force myself to step out of my comfort zone and actively seek out friends. So I'm not saying that people weren't friends with me or actively, again, excluded me, but it was more like, oh, I don't really have an instant place that I can go to. So I sort of have to design it and create it for myself. I think moving to Sydney, I did slightly notice that people sort of stay in their high school friend groups because in Sydney there's a huge culture of selective schools and selective high schools and most of them would get into medicine because that's because only selective well not only but the majority of um, students who go into like very competitive degrees are those who went to selective schools so I felt that there was a natural um, groups that were like designed already so I think I but I was still able to make friends so I didn't belong in any particular group but I was able to make friends on like a one-to-one -one basis um, with people from all different groups. It sounds like as usual with those challenges um, it sounds like it was harder for you at the beginning but then you also probably developed more skills because you had to right and yes. you had to improve your whatever social skills and connecting to people and stuff so I guess in the end it probably pays off but might be a bit painful at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> and um, tell me a bit about how does it actually work that medical students choose the field they want to specialize in? So I would say each person has their own like navigation process. So like I've mentioned, some people are just new, they want to be a sur surgeon since the first year of medicine, or some people um, didn't know until they were already in hospitals training and I would say what worked for me was that just talking to different doctors and, and seeing how they make their decision and seeing how they arrive their way of thinking and how they arrive at that conclusion so for some of the best advice I was given was that like to pick your poison because each specialty has to earn like amazing like attributes like if you're a surgeon that's really really cool when you get to really change a significant thing about and change a patient's trajectory or if you're in emergency you can literally save a patient's life who if you weren't there could have died so i think those heroic moments is very um, important as well but there's also the downside of things that you don't realize that you have to go through to, to get to that stage which is the case for everything so it's not about choosing the glamour side of a specialty but it's about choosing okay are you able to go through with the training and the, the downsides of a specialty um, so I think that for me talking to lots of different people and also going through different rotations and seeing what it's like and also um, being realistic about how what I want to do and how I want to live my life in the next 10-20 years. Uh, so I think that was my thinking behind my decision. So a bit later <laughs> compared to other students I think but I think I'd rather make a slightly later decision than a wrong decision. <laughs> that sounds very wise. <laughs> and um, tell me before you come 
before we talk about your specialization you chose or you're choosing um is it from your experience is are there some of the cliches true that um say the the surgeons or the students who want to go into surgery especially like heart surgery and all that they're more like the the um arrogant men basically and then the pediatricians are like the over caring females and stuff like that is did you did you find a bit of a, a bit of truth in that you'd be surprised i was actually listening to the podcast on the wards recently and talking about pediatricians so so with patients like with like um like a children when they're managing the patients they might be like the sweetest most caring doctor ever but they run their wards with a hammer mm-hmm. so they're actually really um when, when, when they're actually talking to colleagues they're like experts in their field but they can actually be very stern and also very professional and can be very strict with the way they run their um design their like like for example if it's an emergency for example um so i think each person always has both sides to them and sometimes yes i do agree to a certain extent that um some specialties might attract um a specific type of personality or the way they run things um but i think there's always more nuance to it but you may not be able to see it at at, at that exact time for example um so for me um it's it's true that historically um, surgeons has been, or it's still actually a very male-dominated um, like specialty, and it's but it's slowly changing over time. Um, and sometimes it might be difficult to navigate those spaces. But I think there's been a lot more support, for example, with like women in surgery events, and also people speaking about um, empowering more females in like surgeries as well. Um, so I think while we in terms of the news, when we hear about like stories, it's a very like um, like shocking story. But I think there's more if you if you become op- be more open minded and and actually spend time with someone, I think there'd be more subtleties than than you than, than what you would know. It's <laughs> a, a very good point. I like that. And I guess you spend although you've been in a cohort with so many other students, but you spend a lot of time together, right? Yes. So you would get to know each other quite a bit. Yeah. And um, yeah, so let's talk about your specialization. So what did you what did you choose to go into? So currently I am thinking about pursuing psychiatry, but I do have a past of changing my mind every two months. So maybe ask me again in two months. <laughs> you follow up <laughs> for sure. I have a different answer. <laughs> nice. And why, why did you choose psychiatry? Yes. So for me, like I mentioned, the process of me choosing a specialty has been more of a deduc- deduction process rather than a, I want that. Um, but so for me, there's always been little signs from when, when I was young that I, that didn't make sense, and now I'm like, ah, that's why I was like that. So I remember when I was young and I was like studying like English and, didn't, and to be better at English, I was watching a lot of like Western movies, and one of the movies that I fell in love with was Shawshank Redemption, and that moment when like the old prisoner with like the little bird, and he was released from prison, but then he wasn't. He was so in, institutional institutionalized um, that he couldn't cope with a new environment so he committed suicide um, and I remember I was like 
in crying in tears like and I promised to myself like I, I want to be the person to prevent that from happening um, so those little things and how the reason I pursue medicine because I want to have that like human connection with someone else and being to support them in the times of when they're really vulnerable and I realized oh I think I actually want to do psychiatry <laughs> um, I think I should stop um, avoiding the topic and like you know what I think psychiatry is for me so I think after a bit of reflection after of consideration of all options I think psychiatry would suit me the best nice that's I feel like that's pretty cool although I didn't actually watch that movie oh. I have to admit but um, I like that it's cool when you think back and then you're like oh no also it makes all sense it comes all together so yeah. that's pretty good yeah um just briefly for um people in the audience who might not remember the difference between a psychologist and psychiatrist I want to briefly tell you what I learned what the simplified difference is and then please you tell me if that's correct or not so the psychologist basically um, you can only talk to and it ideally makes you happy by talking a lot and the psychiatrist can make you happy with drugs is that right yeah, so I think yes, it has a similar version, and yes, that is correct. Um, but also, so psychi- the main difference is that psychiatrists can have the license to prescribe medications, while the psychologist does not. However, it's not it's not like two Venn diagrams that are mutually exclusive. But it's a bit more like psychiatrists can both talk to you as well and engage in some like psychotherapy but because they're are expensive <laughs> and they can prescribe drugs so most people will often go to psychiatrists either to change the medication or in order to um or or they have probably have already gone through a psychologist and it's not working so it's more complex patients as well that psychiatrists often um work with all right, interesting. Thanks. I will remember the lesson before version from now. That's all right. And um, it's actually a really good segue to my next question. So, one thing I've heard quite repeatedly by now is that in medical training, one of the downsides might be, and also downsides in the system when you have to go to the hospital and get treatment there, that it's all about your physical well being. Um, but often it's not necessarily about your mental well-being so that um, often not everyone of course but that often doctors are not as trained in being empathetic and really understanding what the patient needs emotionally Um, would you say is that something that you get trained in at all in in uh, med school or yeah what is your perception of of this issue Yep. So I would say that most people who who go into medicine as a student in uni, like the majority of people I've met, if not all, are really empathetic. They're really nice and caring. Like I remember my orientation day in uni. I was like, everyone is so nice. Is this real? Like I was, I was like, like weirded off because everyone was so kind and lovely. And I've never really like had that before um, so I would say nobody goes into medicine to try and be mean to other people because most people who go into, into medicine at least for the good reasons are, are there to, to better themselves with education and be, to be able to support patients with their issues where medical 
health issues or like mental health issues as well. Um, but I would say that because the reality of working as a doctor is that you're really short for time um, you, and you're constantly under a lot of pressure and sometimes you don't know how to get out of those pressure and you have to navigate not only your patients but also your colleagues and sometimes your like senior colleagues and supervisors. So I would say it's um, that's partly the environment that can put a strain um, on the doctor's ability um, to like have time and it may impact their ability to like communicate and be empathetic to patients as well and or even to themselves and to other colleagues. Um, so I would say that I think to a certain degree, yes, that that is true. Um, but I think more and more, there's been more talks and discussions about um, prioritizing our mental well-being and there's been both a like initiatives from hospitals but also within UDs on how to able to um, like seek help when you when you need to but also in order to um, match your own well-being because if you can't match your own well-being you can't match other patients well that's a good point which leads to my um, one of my last questions I guess so are uh, the people like at the end of you now that you finished your degree at the end were the the other people of your cohort as nice and kind as you experienced them at the beginning <laughs> I was actually like more nice and more kind mainly because when you go in into medicine you use like you're 18 like I was like I didn't realize at that time but I was also like a brat like I barely knew anything about real life and I probably still don't know anything about real life that much but I haven't like haven't um I haven't like had an actual job or because I've always been studying in the last almost my entire life is studying so I feel like I've had more um, throughout my rotations by seeing how doctors work with patients and seeing patients go through some very challenging moments and even witnessing some deaths I think that's been a very sobering some I have some very sobering life lessons about like ethics and the meaning of life as well so I think we've able to of at least for me and, and my friends we've gained more perspective on life um, and that it's not just about grades and I'm really excited to be able to continue on this journey and develop more as a person but also as a doctor. So do you feel like you got from the degree what you hoped you would you would gain? I think I wasn't sure what I hoped I would gain but I definitely was very happy with what the way I was taught and also the amazing people that I was surrounded with like there was no way that I would survive this past six years without the support of my friends and also like people I never expect would like offer a lending help as well so I would definitely say that I always come into things with like minimal to low expectations um, and then be and be pleasantly surprised or embrace what I was given to me so I think that's the way I've always um, approached things. <laughs> That's amazing. I feel like every patient in your future will be can be very happy to have you treat oh, them. Fingers crossed. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I will make some mistakes and I'm sure I will uh, so, some of them might not like me which is okay. I, I, <laughs> I will just learn how to be professional and and prioritize their health and their well-being as number one. <laughs> Thanks so much, Rose, for being <laughs> yeah. my guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And all the best for your future studies. I'm still there's more to come, but also um, for your professional life, of yes. course. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Boiling Point. We will be back with a new science story next week. Bye for now.